0: Welcome back to the TKZ Outdoors Podcast, everybody. We're recording again all over the state of Michigan today, and it is our Wisconsin bow hunt recap with some of the boys that made the trip down south or over west, depending on where we're coming at. Um, we got my brother Ryan on the phone from Southeast Michigan, Russ Seltz, Ryan's father in law, and our good buddy he's in the thumb i got myself here in central up up Uperland, michigan where we just got a foot and a half of snow the other day so that's cool and then we got cody norton um, another tkz guy that is just a little west of me in west central upper michigan and boys let's talk bow hunting wisconsin badger bucks here we go All right, everybody. As we've alluded to in about four other previous podcasts, we did a Wisconsin uh, bow hunting trip this past fall for TKZ's first foray into our out-of-state adventures, and we chose Wisconsin public land. Um, it's kind of close for all of us—a six, seven-hour drive to the spot we were at in southwest Wisconsin. Um, it was a lot of fun, and we're gonna we're gonna talk from the trip there all the way into. The last day and we had some made some good memories and a lot of a lot of fun as a good group of guys to do it with and something new and it was it was quite the adventure for all of us so with that we have uh I'd like to get your guys' opinions your first impressions all right we all drove you guys drove overnight you had a pretty good story ryan and tony um about getting there and russ and my dad um or the other two guys that traveled with them so let's let's kick it off right from your overnight travel to get to
1: our rental cabin for the week. All right, um, hey, this is Ryan, and I live in Southeast Michigan. And what we did was uh, it was about a few nights before uh, Tony, my our cousin Tony. Russ and my dad, um, we all kind of started talking about just leaving as soon as you guys got to my house, and then we would leave from there. So I think, Russ, didn't you guys roll in 9, 9.30, and then we were probably on the road maybe around 10.30? Is that kind of how that worked out?
2: Yeah, Brian, we uh, threw everything we possibly could. I can't believe the amount of stuff it takes to go hunting and filming. And we stuffed the pickup right full, and we ended up
1: at your place around 9.30. Yeah. Okay, so then when Tony rolled in, I was riding with him, and we probably brought more than what we actually needed, but being that it was our first time, um, we brought a ton of stuff. So I think we ended up rolling out um, around 10.30, and it was about an eight, eight eight-and-a-half-hour drive all the way over there. And uh, for the most part, it's pretty uneventful on the road um you, know, you grab plenty of mountain dews some skittles some chew and uh you're you're like a running buck by the time you, you roll into wisconsin because you're all fired up um so any deer that we saw in wisconsin we all thought it was a booner obviously um russ was the first one to spot a deer and tony and i didn't believe him but he said it was a it was a shooter a nice buck it was a giant it was a giant there you go and then uh i think we got in i don't to be honest with you i don't even remember what time because it was pretty late um i think the sun was just about to crest the horizon if i'm not mistaken
2: i was around six
1: thirty in the morning so i was following uh, my trusty mabel she's my gps gal and she led us up some obscure two track going up this hill in the you know in the very beginnings of the early morning and pretty soon like tony's truck bottomed out because this road was not meant for for trucks it was really just meant for either walking or nothing (laughs) because it was that it was that bad um so dad had his truck and getting all grumpy because it was late and he didn't want to drive his big, beautiful Chevy up this, you know, shit road. So he, uh, him and Russ took a different alternate route. But Tony and I braved it. I ended up walking up the trail with just my flashlight and kind of guiding him out of these four-foot ruts that were in this road. And uh, we eventually made it to the top, hung a left, and the cabin was right there. And then um, I, <laughs> as soon as we got there... Between all the skittles and chew and everything else, you know, nature was calling pretty heavily. So um, I was guiding Russ and, and Dad on the rest of the way to get there because they took a different route. So I was looking at a map on my phone and uh, kind of explaining, turn left, turn right, and eventually got them there safe and sound. But uh,
2: I I got a little different story. It went a little differently, Ryan.
1: Did it? I thought it went pretty smooth. That's how I remember it, anyways.
2: Well, we we got to the point where there was a hesitation in the pickup ahead of us, and (laughs) all at once, there there was four-wheel drive locked in and rooster tails, and I'm like, there ain't no way. So we have two Dobermans barking at us in this double-wide trailer up on the side hill, and we're like, I'm just gonna go ask it's late enough, early enough in the morning, somebody's going to be up, and that lady was nice enough to direct us all the way around that entire <laughs> ridge. We had no idea That's how... Okay, right.
1: you guys did talk to her. I forgot about that.
2: Yeah, so we didn't know if you guys were even coming back or if you fell off the side hill. We, we just took off and went around until you guys called us back, so we ended up... That was I just couldn't believe how far around we had to go to come back in from the back way to get to that cabin. It was like We're never going to get there. So I'm glad you guys made it. Don't undersell that hill. It was more
0: than hills. If you've ever been to southwest Wisconsin, you might think, yeah, farm country, nice and flat. But that's kind of what we thought until we looked at topography, and that thing is,
1: like, straight up and down. (laughs) That's true. That's true. When Tony and I were in that truck going up that bluff with four-foot ruts on each side, it was like, all right, we're going to sink or we're going to swim. And when we were climbing this this bluff, you were, You felt like you were going up on a roller coaster because that's, like, kind of the grade we were dealing with. And uh, I was very thankful that it wasn't my truck going up that hill. I know that. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, we we got in, and then I think you guys weren't too far behind us. Were you, Don? A couple hours maybe? A
0: couple hours behind you. We took a nice flatter approach to get there. And- <laughs> And just like you guys, as we were getting through some of the prime prime countryside, just as it was getting daylight, and we saw two bucks that would make you um, half chubs in Michigan. So <laughs> running running fields in the middle of the wide open and
3: stuff like that, or chasing does, and it was getting us pretty pretty turned out for getting into the woods. Yeah definitely we also learned uh, a new strategy too while hunting public land because every gas station we stopped at on the way down or anywhere we went through everybody thought we were duck hunting because we brought Don's duck boat with a canoe strapped over top of it because we weren't sure how we were going to get into some some spots and everybody just assumed since we were along the Mississippi we must be must be duck hunting it was the perfect ploy (laughs) accidentally I like that all
0: right, so we all roll into camp there, get settled in. um First thing we notice when we get in there is dang, this place stinks. Every outlet had a freaking air freshener, glad plug <laughs> thing in there. So the first thing we did was unplug those to try, try to not make us smell like fruiting flower passion or whatever it was. <laughs> but it wasn't soon after that that we. Uh, Got our plans together, went out and and hit our uh, areas up for the first evening hunt and what was your guys's impressions of that getting your boots on the ground after months of looking at it on aerials and all that stuff, especially you and you and Russ Ryan how uh, me and Cody scouted it in the spring and actually got a first hand experience of what we were getting ourselves into but for you guys, what do you think? yeah. Big- you know, steep topography, unlike anything we've ever hunted before.
1: Yeah, that's exactly right. Um, you know, looking at it on the Onyx maps for months and months and staying up late, just scrolling through the Onyx app on my phone, um, you don't really... I never realized what I was kind of getting into because, you know, like you said, I'm used to hunting a thumb, everything's flat, you know, the most is just this little hill and that's it, but... Looking at the the, uh, topo maps for that long, it's like, okay, you know, this one's pretty steep, blah, 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 I can handle it. But when we first got there, Tony and I, we went to three or four different locations that we looked at on the maps, and just to see the hills or the bluffs go straight up, it was like sometimes you're driving alongside of it, it's like a wall, because it literally just goes straight up from the road. And to eye that, and it's like, wait a minute, I got to haul all my crap up this hill by myself? (laughs) Like, what am I doing? Is this even hunting? You know, is this possible? Um, You know, that was kind of my first impression. Like, I was excited, pumped up to do it, but at the same time, a little apprehensive because it was completely new hunting to me, and I was just hoping that when I'm able to get up on top of this bluff and all the things I've been scouting – you know, e-scouting, I hope I'm going to be able to put myself on the deer, you know, cause I've never done anything like this before, let alone hunting public land. I haven't done much of that in Michigan. And then to do it in a completely foreign area with, you know, terrain I'm not used to hunting. I was a little nervous, but you know, it was a lot of fun just kind of getting there and, and starting going to work and getting the boots on the ground, like you said.
0: Well, yeah, right. I know, I know you, uh, well, you and Dad, and then me and Cody, well, we kind of hunted in pairs. So Ryan and Tony were together. Pretty much mm-hmm. whoever drove in a vehicle together hunted together. Um, and I know me and Cody jumped around a little bit at first to try to find our niche, and then you and Dad did the same. So, what was your first impressions
2: of your first night? Well, we, uh, of course, we drove all night. So, we're. Being the senior members of the group, uh, we opted for a snooze instead of
1: uh, Oh, yeah, yeah. Let's, okay. let's backtrack so, on that a little bit. So Tony we were, and I were so fired up to go. That yeah. As soon as we went to the gas station got a few more Mountain Dews and some sandwiches, we started going. And these guys, they just found their nice because. little cots, got their pillows all fluffed up, put the mints on the counters. Bed. Exactly. We're smart <laughs> Well,
2: we... So the first day, you know, obviously was going to be a wash on hunting, but I'm going to tell you straight up, and this is honest truth, and I told Dan this on the way out, but we came in in the dark, and when we took off and started touring this whole countryside, if we'd have come in in the daylight, I think we would have turned around and almost found a Hotel 6 somewhere somewhere near uh, Chicago, because... For me, never seeing anything like that ever, it was intimidating to be on beyond words. And I mean, as you hunted, you got used to it, and you started to put the pieces together. But my first impression is, where in the world am I going to go, and where in the world am I going to go and be able to come back out in the dark? Because I was a little bit more old school. I didn't have the onyx. I didn't have the in my hand and a phone that works some of the time so (laughs) (laughs) I I was like I don't even know where to begin here And, and you guys and we all had the maps and that's where we started basically on paper but that afternoon we were able to just drive and just try to get a handle on it but as the week went the area got smaller I don't know if it you guys felt the same way like I started putting pieces and places and directions together but not on that first day yeah exactly all the maps the paper maps we all printed off
0: and shared and um, scouted over and stuff like you said and then uh you get there on the ground and you're like holy cow this is big country but by the time you start you know like you said narrowing it down and and finding your spots there it wasn't it wasn't as intimidating as the first first day or two of hunting yeah so cody me and you we scouted in the spring we put on 24 miles of hiking in in two days and so we had a kind of a feeling um about what was going in but it's different when you're just hiking around with your boots and nothing on your back let alone 40 pounds of tree fans and bows and all that stuff and when we went it was in in the spring right right as things thawed out so you could see sign and but that sign didn't include where all the trucks were going to be parked so our first night we were driving around, to, oh, yeah, this spot's going to be good, man. We'll get in here, and we're going to see some deer. But there would always be trucks there.
3: Um, yeah. To walk us through our first night there. Sure. Well, yeah, I mean, we we got a kind of a late start because we were just – we were excited to go check out the different spots, see, you know, which ones were taken, which ones weren't. Um, and we ended up going to a spot that we had – I have been to my spot before, and we had been close to where you ended up picking, um, but I ended up walking into a river bottom that was a really cool little, I don't know, from from walking in from the road, it was like a little peninsula that stuck out into the river, um, and in the spring, there had been quite a few old scrapes in there. And there was some, like, alder aspen growing up thick, but it wasn't, you could move through it easy. It was a piece of cake, you know, and, and there were some really nice game trails going through it. So I was like, oh, I really want to check that spot out. I'm, I'm excited about it. There's no trucks here. You know, let's go. And, uh, I, yeah, I should have stayed on the ridge. <laughs> but As soon as I got <laughs> into that river bottom, I mean, it was just, the briars have been growing all year. And it was over your head briars like ripping your arrows out of your quiver ripping your i mean it was just it was absolutely miserable going in and i left some good sign you know on the ridge but i just i had to see the spot so i ended up making it in there every tree was as curvy and crappy as you can imagine which is something that we weren't at the time paying attention to when we're scouting Right. And you,
0: uh, you're when you're put walking around everywhere,
3: you're like, oh yeah, there's a good tree. You can get into that one, right? Yeah, yeah. yep. yep. And and we, thing- at the time, we were talking about ground blinds. We were talking about hang ons, climbers. Yeah. You know, we we didn't really have it narrowed down how we wanted to approach it. Right. At least I didn't. So yeah, we ended up finally after uh, it was it was a serious hike of like swimming through shrubs, and uh, finally put my climber about five feet up a tree. So that's as far as I could go. How tall are you, by the way? I'm 6'4". <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I was basically sitting where my head should be. But it kind of it got me up just enough where I could see over a lot of the, a lot of the thick growth right where I was. I kind of picked an open spot, but I did find some of those scrapes that I had marked on my onyx um, in March, and they were reactive, which is pretty cool. Um, and I ended up seeing. I don't know. I'd probably been sitting a couple hours, but it was still pretty early. And uh, had something coming in, and it was like slinking in. At first, I, was, I thought it was a coyote. It just moved like one. It was really low to the ground, kind of slinking along, and ended up being a, a forky that had been injured. So he was hobbling and, and staying like super low to the ground. But even though he was, he came right in, um, checked out the scrape. He didn't really work it. Gave me a perfect shot at 20 yards, you know, that I, I could have taken but obviously we're trying to have a little bit higher standards there at least for the first few days um but uh and I kind of checked him over and uh I couldn't really see any fresh injury it looked like it was something you know older so ended up letting him walk that was the only thing I saw that night and then yeah started coming out in the dark and kind of getting a bearing then put my phone away and just trying to cruise and uh i, I was i was like going in circles out on this river bottom so that was pretty fun just finally got straightened out then had to climb up you know a pretty steep bridge to to pop out but it definitely got it, it set the tones for how hard we were gonna have to work that week or week and a half right
0: and i was probably hunting I don't know, even know if I was a quarter mile down the road from you, um, but I was on top of that ridge, and I climbed up there, and yeah, I was, my lungs were burning a little bit, and I was like, oh, man, this is kind of going to suck, you know, and, <laughs> and then having your, your portable set up that you you tried out once in your backyard, and like, oh, that ain't too bad, and then you, you get up on top of that ridge, and you're trying to find the tree, and you're like, oh, man, I you know, blah, 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 and I get up to the top of that ridge and jump a deer right off of it, and it was a ridge that overlooked the, the river bottom Cody was hunting, um, and we had found sign in the bottom before that I was going to sit on, but I think there was a truck parked up the road a little ways, so we were trying to find those soft spots for, we didn't want to roll into this public hunting area and, you know, piss anybody off that had been hunting there that week or anything, so we, instead of, you know, trying to walk past people, we just tried to find some soft spots around them um, from what we had scouted before, and,
1: um, that first night, yeah, definitely set the tone for the rest of the week, eh, boys? Yeah, most definitely. Like, <laughs> like Cody kind of alluded to it. It was just, uh, you know, a lot of work right at the beginning, and a lot of walking around in circles um, that first go around. But once you get the hang of it, it, it actually turned out to be quite fun. Because um, what Tony and I ended up doing that very first night. We, like I said, we checked out three or four different spots, um, and then we found this property that was private land open to the public. And you couldn't use any ATVs, you couldn't use anything like that to maneuver the property. So you're starting at the base of this bluff, and you're walking with all this stuff on your back. You know, I had my stand, my sticks, my bow, extra clothes because, you know, as soon as you stop moving, you're going to get cold and you know all your camera equipment so we're, we're walking up this hill i just remember getting to a point we're maybe a, a quarter of the way up so we had a ways to go i look back at tone and i smile and i know my face is red tony looks up at me with this huge smile on his face but his face is pitch red too and we're just like holy shit what are we doing here you know this is tough but uh you know, the the mountains end up getting easier as the week went on, that's for sure.
0: Yeah, and I guess we forgot to mention, or I forgot to mention before, we planned this out for the first full week in November. So we started, we rolled into Wisconsin on November 1st, and we were staying through the 8th, um, trying to hit that, you know, peak pre-rut, seek-chase phase. Um, and that's what everybody else was doing, too. So... <coughs> So first days first days out of the way. We all get back to camp or we're, we're we're BSing. Dad and Dad and Russ are just looking all rosy cheeked
2: and refreshed from their map. Well, we went for a little ride and picked out some spots for the following day. We but we ended up actually you guys were heading you probably were set up already. We went for a drive and we found this road. So we take this road, follow the map. And we're going up like almost like kicker down eight wheel or eight cylinder pickup here stuff kicked down. And we come up over the top and there's cornfields everywhere and farms. We're like, how how far did we just come up off that river? And I bet you it was almost three quarters of a mile up on a 20% plus grade. So then we find all these fields and then they lead into these draws. And I picked a I picked the spot, the onyx that looked good, to what you give me, Don. And there was a sixty yards of private land and then the state land and and there's these big rubs and trails coming out of these pines and I tried for three days during that week to find that farmer to ask permission and I he's never around. I could never get him <laughs> to find out. But boy, I was like, talk about like icing on the cupcake man i was like just every day i tried to get over there and then i finally found a spot and people were starting to go into hunt and there was like you like i told you there was like four pickups parked in that one cul-de-sac and i went oh boy so we backed out of there and just sort of set up for the following day
1: yeah our first night we didn't really we didn't have too many issues with other people um the people were there in the morning but we beat them there in the afternoon um so then when by the time tony and i got out to the top of this bluff we were standing there kind of taking a look at the terrain and we did have a guy come up there on a four-wheeler so he must have been like a landowner or a neighbor or somebody where he could take his four-wheeler up there and that was kind of the only run-in we had with a person that night. And um, what we did, we got up to the very top of the hill. Where, So our, our part where we were at this night was, again, this huge bluff that went straight up. And when you get up on top, it's just all grass, completely wide open, all grass, but very hilly. And the woods and the timber is all around this bluff. And it just goes straight back down to the bottom. It's all, all woods. But there were some hay bales on top and there were some lanes for tractors. That And the ground looked like it had been worked before, but it was probably a year or two ago where there was actual crop planted up there. So what we did, we went, got up, went straight across that grassy field, got onto the other side. We had the wind in our face and we were overlooking this um, shelf that was on on the opposite side of the bluff that we just scaled. Uh, We found a rub line that was on the shelf, so I went to the right, Tony went to the left, and he was hunting a draw that was coming up out of the bluff, and I was hunting um, a finger that was coming up um, on the right-hand side of it, if that makes sense. And first time, well, not the first time setting up, the tree stand, but first time doing it for the real deal—not in your backyard or on a telephone pole or, or anything I could find nearby where I could scale and put my stuff together. So, got everything set, all rigged up, ready to go. Got the, the rub line in sight with some fresh sign on it, and it was probably an hour and a half into my sit. I over my right hand shoulder, I could see some deer movement through um, some cedar trees that were over there. And immediately I'm thinking, Booner, you know, I'm in Wisconsin, land of the Giants, and I'm thinking it's going to be a monster. So I I get my bow, I stand up nice and quiet, and I turn to my left, and I got my camera arm kind of between me and the tree trying to film this thing because there was a trail behind me, and I was expecting this deer to just to get on this trail come within 25 yards and you know maybe present a shot for me if it, if it was something I was going to shoot. But the wind was, I believe it was like southwest that night, so it was kind of blowing directly where that deer was going to come from. And sure enough, he started coming through, and it looked like a nice buck, maybe an eight-pointer, two-and-a-half-year-old, something like that. Um, so I don't know if I would have uh, sent an arrow his way on the first night or not, but um, he ended up, I think he got my wind a little bit because he went right back onto the finger, where he came from, stopped and looked around, and then he went right back down um, from where he came from. Um, Tony that night didn't see anything, um, but just to get there, find a spot that we've been looking at forever, and to know that it worked, for me that was a win. And I was super excited for the rest of the week because it was like, all right, I can find the deer, I can find a buck, and uh, you know, let's go hunting and, and get after it the rest of the time where we have here.
2: So two guys... Well, Donnie, you've seen one first night. So everybody saw deer that first night, then? Pretty much.
0: Yeah, I mean,
1: yeah.
2: We yep, four guys that sat saw
0: something, so that ain't bad for just hopping out of the truck and getting into the woods after yeah. eight our eight-hour drive, so... Yeah. Cool. So we, get, we get back to camp first night, we're... we're we're all talking about oh my gosh what are we doing here you know and way, <laughs> there's whiskey waiting for you lots of whiskey <laughs> and smoothies that's what we call smoothies is jack and coke smoothie um feel those relax the nerves a little bit maybe get some nervous poops out and <laughs> next morning comes and me and cody are like eh, you know maybe we should sleep in and you know, maybe drive around and see where everybody's at instead of trying to show up in the dark and, and, and piss some people off. And um, so that's what we did that first morning. We kind of we got up and drove around, and sure enough, you know, every spot we had scouted pretty much had, had vehicles at it. So um, we were, um, except, well, what, Cody? We found most of our main spots that we were super excited about had people on it, but then we found, we looked at the maps a little more um, for, like, the mid-morning hunt, basically, and then sit the rest of the day. We found an area where we had scouted before, but instead of hiking in, you know, what was it, a mile or more up of this ridge, we Straight found... Straight up, up, yeah. Uh, yeah.
2: Yep. Don't worry, Cody, Cody was just getting warmed up for the morning, Let me tell you. He was just assessing fields he had a different game on his mind for the mornings
3: and the weeks. <laughs> it's <That's> true. You got to take advantage when you're there. <laughs> <laughs> what, do you, what do you mean by that? This so everybody else knows, Mr. Mr., Mr. Bushy Tail Chaser.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's man. This man, he he likes his freezers full come winter. Let me tell you, <laughs> love it.
0: And the variety it's the, the variety—is <laughs> the spice of life for Cody
2: Norton. <laughs> Morgan's bored at his place. I know it is. <laughs>
1: I love how he'd always explain well, Oh I've I got this <laughs> <laughs> I love how he'd always have a story. Like, oh I got this color phase squirrel, he was doing this and then I saw this color phase squirrel doing this so I popped him and okay. <laughs> his
2: knife his knife was definitely needed to be sharpened by the end of the week. I was curious. Oh, it was fun.
0: Well, like, yeah, like... by now. Cody went squirrel hunting the first morning too. Before we went and dove into the deer
2: woods. <laughs> uh, Dan was Dan was having none of morning hunts. There was no way that mother was going for some morning hunts.
3: So, which is fine. Make a little breakfast, chill out, get ready. But, well, that's uh, a, you know, I would have I would have went hunting for deer in the mornings, but it's pretty hard to get down up. Yeah. yeah true. Those days. <laughs> I
2: had to go do something. I wasn't sit around. <laughs> yeah, we just had a you know, he just had another baby and yeah, he was still dad mode yet. I'm sure he's a little tired. Yeah. Two month old at home. That was nice to get away and sleep a little
1: bit. <laughs> oh man, don't let your wife listen to this one. Yeah,
3: I'm sure he'll pay for it. <laughs> for a long time. <laughs> still paying for the trip. Yeah, exactly. That's
1: what I meant. I think um, most of us that following morning probably did more scouting than anything. Um, Tony and I did the same. We got up, had food, kind of thought about what we are going to be doing, and hopped in the truck, drove around, checked out a couple new spots. That's when we, um, I think it's called the Cooley Valley or something like that, and uh, we just fell in love with that place. Uh, It had the creek running through it. Uh, bluffs on each side, an open field, because you know, we're farm boys. We're used to hunting around fields, so we figure if we can get next to some field edges, we'll be in good shape. Um, but this, this place was pretty tricky because the public access was about 40 yards wide, and you had to go through there, and it was like a big, tall, thick, swampy mess. And then you get into the creek, and then you'd take the creek down to like the better hunting grounds, um, of the state land. And there was private land right there. So you'd see houses and you just got to stay in the Creek. And what we would do is we had all of this gear on us, but yet we would change into our waders, sling our boots over our, our backs, and then weigh the river until we could get to a spot. We would change, take the waders off, throw them in the bushes, and then, and then keep on going. um, we didn't see any deer that night, but it was a cool area. I had a, a private land owner sneak up on me. He was coming to hunt one of his spots he's got there on the public. I had to shoot him away, and he was really nice about it. He just kind of was surprised to see me. He's like, oh, God. He, he held his heart real quick, and then uh, he just turned around and walked back. Um, but That was about it for the the second evening. That place was tough, man. We hunted it hard. Tony and I did, but the reward was very little. There was more people than deer, which was surprising considering how hard it was to access this property. It was very tough to get into, you know, um but the deer activity wasn't the best. Um I saw a person either sneak up on me or walking around every time I was there. Tony never did. I don't know how, but he never saw anybody, but it seemed like I was a magnet for people. And everybody was always nice. They would stop and wave and chit-chat, do you see anything, blah, 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 and then keep going. But I think I seen one deer one we way there, and it was a four-pointer on one of the mornings we went and sat. But that was about it for, the, uh, for that area.
2: So day two then would have been our first hunt. So we, we went up that big, long road again, come up over on top, and felt like we were on top of the world coming off the Mississippi River. And we had uh, some soybeans that were harvested and uh, quite a few tracks, quite a few signs. So then that's on top, and then the field goes back down, and then all of a sudden, it just drops right off towards the river. And then there was an old logging road that I found. I got all my stuff on, and I hit back, and I follow, follow this old logging road back in almost a quarter mile. And I got looking, and I'm trying to find... Like what these deer prefer on these hills. And it didn't dawn on me until a little later in the week, but when you have these steep grades, every hill and ridge line always had a flat spot. It was like a bench. And it would just level off a little bit and then drop again. And those deer would use that as sort of runway. So as I'm walking on this logging road, which was already a bench, I got looking down the ridge and I found another one and uh, in a rub line. So I was pretty excited and I was like on the edge of the State and Land private property, but literally got up in there and it was it was blowing out of the northwest and it was cold. It was probably about a 16, 15 degree wind chill. And I get set all up while you're moving and while you're, you know, getting everything ready, you're you know, you're you're heated up and everything's looking good and you get in, you settle in and about an hour and a half later you can just feel that cold just come seeping right through you and uh to top it all off and this if this was the beginning of my hunting week i didn't know but i had all my footage from the year on my camera and i filmed my intro and it said sd card getting full i didn't have another one so i'm like well i got a whole menu full of intros and odd stuff so i was going into my scenes and i was deleting and it was so cold and i really believe the camera just delayed in its options because of the cold weather and you can guess it i lost all my footage from the entire year
1: just makes and me one sick
2: one oh, <laughs> swip, <laughs> all over <laughs> a 12 sd card i know <laughs> and i was like sitting in a tree just sick and i'm like there's no deer i'm freezing I just erased my footage for the entire year, which I had some pretty good stuff on, and then I hear a stick snap, and
3: I'm like, oh, well, here we go. So I turn around, it's right behind me, wind's
2: perfect, and uh, yeah, he was about six foot two on two legs with a bow in his hand, walking through that old logging road, so <laughs> that was, that was my first experience hunting in there, so. Not so good. Classic public land hunt. Yeah, yeah. So we we when we got back, you know, I mean, it was it was what it was. And I didn't tell my editor what happened. I actually kept it inside for probably close to four months. It was or
1: so. a long time. Yeah, I think we I think we were drinking one night in his garage, and he's like, Ry, Ry I gotta tell you something." I'm like, "Oh God, like I can't, what happened?" I can't
2: he's gonna ask me for it someday you know he is oh yep. i was just i was shaking i was so he was the
1: man this guy was the straw he's like right i just gotta tell you something i'm like oh god like what is it you know i'm thinking the worst like who died are you sick or what's going on and he's like i deleted all my footage throughout the entire year i'm like no, <laughs> you know, like the world came to a halt for a second. But I was thankful he was not telling me he was dying or something. That could have been a lot worse, obviously. Yeah,
2: I thought him. A, I thought him about four beers before I asked him. So, I yeah, told him.
1: loosened me up a little bit.
2: Yeah. Oh, was really good. What <laughs> all right. Um, so, Cody,
0: we uh, we drove around all morning or mid morning narrowed, crossed a bunch of spots off the list before settling on that back side of that spot you really wanted to hunt. Um, yeah. Right? Is that how it went? Or did we both hunt the same spot, just different areas, and then you dove into that? I, yeah. Take it, we, take it away. My my memory escapes me right now.
3: Yeah, well, um, the one spot we kind of called the orchard because there was a, like an old plantation, a... Uh, we're still not really sure what kind of trees they were. It looks like an old apple orchard, but it's got something else growing. Um, and so, I really wanted to check that area out because in the in March it had been just tore up with huge rubs. There's nice at least one nice scrape on the edge of a, a little point going out for a drop down. Um, it's just a really cool area. I felt really good about it, but we were kind of trying to figure out how we could actually access it. I think we saw one or two other vehicles one of them parked pretty close to it we weren't sure if they were actually going in all the way or not so we ended up going down the road um and trying out a spot on top of a ridge that we had climbed all the way up uh, during in march when we were scouting and i think that's where we each got like 15 deer ticks and marshall was covered my dog uh from that that scouting mission that day that was pretty terrible um but we ended up figuring out how to access it from up top we each picked a draw and set up on it i think i didn't see anything that night but i did see squirrels so that's why i actually went squirrel hunting for the first the first time after that because i knew that spot was decent and and that don was gonna sleep in a little bit but i think don you had a pretty good night it yeah, was probably my,
0: my best night of the week actually i saw four or five deer um, some does and then a young buck chasing. And uh, what I did was walk. There's the, the ag fields are up top on the top of these bluffs ridges. Um, and I walked through a hay a hay field and dropped off to where the the points from the ravines um, or the drainages go up to these fields. So I sat off the end of one of those and it worked pretty good. Saw so, uh, saw quite a quite a bit of deer and definitely. Um, had me zoned in on that area for the next couple of days because of that sit. Mm-hmm. But,
2: so that was kind of day two in a nutshell for everybody, correct? Yeah, it was like Dan and I's first sit, and neither one of us seen any deer that night, but. Uh. Still working the kinks out for everybody, and, and getting our, our boots wet,
0: and, and getting on the ground, and trying to find those soft spots in the public hunting areas, and.
3: Um, and so that uh, it was actually the first like midday on the first day is when we ran into another hunter that was near where we ended up hunting that night and we ended up talking to him for I don't know 20-30 minutes oh, yeah. it was quite a while and he was like one of the nicest guys <laughs> you'll ever meet out in the woods um so filled us in on a lot of information like wasn't territorial at all um was, that was pretty cool and, and one of the things he had mentioned was a couple years ago somebody had gotten a really nice buck up on top of the ridge and and we didn't hunt it we knew he was going to be leaving i think that was a like a sunday or something wasn't it but he was yeah. taking off the next day so he was like yeah go ahead and you know hunt up there and uh so that's part of the reason we got zeroed in on it but we couldn't believe throughout the week how nice everybody was. <laughs> you know, we That's assumed cool. people to be territorial and trying to kick you out or trying to drive you off. I, I mean, yeah. It, yeah, and probably all but, like, one, maybe one group of hunters wasn't super friendly, but all the other hunters were running into, I mean, they... They're like, yeah, you know, I'm just coming out. Go ahead and go in there and hunt. <laughs> I mean, there's yeah. zero territoriality. They didn't care. As soon as they were out, their equipment was out. Um, it really didn't matter to them because they were bouncing around too. So, and one of the kind of interesting things about hunting public land on there is you have to take your stand in and out with you every day. You can't leave it set up. Can't bait. Um, so I think just because of those reasons, at least in part, uh, people just weren't territorial like they are here. I mean, you see somebody walk in front of your box line <laughs> in gun season in Michigan, they better have some explaining to do. You know, that's a lot of people's <laughs> mentality. So um, just just very different, not, not at all what we expected going in with having Michigan plates on our trucks. Yeah, that's a very good point. We were, um, and that's another reason
0: we kind of tried to avoid everybody is because we didn't, want to be the guys to to do that to people after them actually being you know pretty pretty nice to us the whole time and we don't want to walk in front of them and and ruin their hunts and stuff and but i don't know if they would have really cared or not the way most of them acted so yeah
1: no that's very true i mean like i mentioned i ran into a person pretty much every time i sat for the first two or three days and if I did come into contact where we could speak, everybody was real polite, real nice. You know, this land is your land, it's my land, so sort to of speak. And everybody was great, as that aspect. You know, it would share information with you, even if you were from Michigan or wherever. You know, everybody was really great to, uh, to speak with.
0: And most of the plates we saw, at least me and Cody, were all pretty much Wisconsin guys, too. There wasn't a ton of out-of-state people like us there. There was a couple Michigan plates that we did see in the area through the week, but most of them were Wisconsin guys. So hats off to them for being a good,
3: gracious public land host to us out-of-staters. <laughs>
0: Absolutely.
3: Yeah, it seemed like a lot of them, too, were from, uh, like, northern Wisconsin, and they come down to southern Wisconsin to hunt. So that was pretty interesting. And then there were some just locals, too, but... Um, it seemed like were, that's kind of a pretty big tradition there to to go south to where the <laughs> the Bucks are plentiful. I guess, kind
2: of like here. <laughs>
1: yeah.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. By then, so we all reconvene. Then we get back to the cabin, another another round of whiskey and a couple of beers. But man, you guys can't complain about the food we had. Holy cow, we cooked up some pretty good stuff. <laughs> <Holy> <laughs> we man, did a lot of goodies, that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we, I mean, everybody just sort of took, took a, took a night and it just, it just worked out really well, you know. I did a little prepping in the mornings, you know, so that way some, some things were kind of ready to go and you just threw it on a skillet or put it in a crock pot or whatever, you know, you just kind of chilled out and regrouped, Compared notes? Yep. Every night was
0: game night. It was
2: great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we didn't uh we didn't go hungry. No. Nope. That was
0: pretty good. That's one of the best parts about doing that kind of stuff is just that, that camaraderie back at camp after the hunts, BSing about what happened, drinking a few beers or, or smoothies and, and then eating some world class food. That's it's
2: half the fun of the trip, just that kind of experience, to me anyway. Yeah. Well, everybody's got a different style of cooking, or they have a different dish that you haven't had before. So that was that was a cool part for me, you know. Everybody brought a little something different, and it, just get a little variety. It's kind of, kind of neat. All right, so after filling our bellies with, I, I don't know if that was...
0: Some walleye
1: night or backstrap night or whatever it was, but Venice and taco night. It was taco night. No, I yeah, the did tacos the one night. All right, cool. <laughs>
2: yeah, I love some tacos. <laughs> oh. Oh. That was the other thing too that I I got a kick out of. We went to the local stores for produce, and the, and the town was so small they didn't. You had to go to Iowa to get vegetables we had to actually cross the Mississippi, which was pretty cool. We did that and uh went to this other town that was built up on the edge of the shoreline and and over there all of a sudden there's these big bluffs and these big hills and it was pretty pretty neat to see the other side of the river, yeah yeah we're all here (laughs) yeah i mean
0: you hit two states up in one trip and both big buck meccas is kind of kind of cool and it was was nice um having you know somebody around to to do that kind of stuff during the day if somebody else was hunting somebody else would volunteer. yeah i'll I'll go get that kind of stuff and it just worked out well everybody Uh kind of hard pitched in which helps make uh a enjoyable place to to be too so um so after that day three all right we're getting getting our feet are wet by at this point um i think ryan had to go back the night before because he forgot his waders um,
1: <laughs> forgot my boots
0: and his boots or whatever and yeah. i wasn't going to hunt there the next day so there was a midnight run to retrieve oh. some boots <laughs> done
1: with that spot hated that spot i never want to see it again
0: <laughs> <laughs> so we're starting to get dialed into our areas a little bit um so let's do cody and i day number three cody take it away
3: sure and you were all excited by what you'd seen the second night sitting, um, so you wanted I'm to go back.
0: i excited enough to get up super
3: early. <laughs> yeah, yep. <laughs> For sure. Uh, but yeah, so I ended up, uh, decided that we thought we could, we figured out how I could get into the orchard that you, uh, you still wanted to hunt that, the, those field edges on the top, top of that ridge, so we ended up. Basically, you came in, or you drive in, drop me off, and then take off to your spot. But we were close enough that it worked out pretty well, and nobody was sitting around waiting for too long. Um, So I ended up hiking in to the the orchard in the spot. It was just under a mile for me to hike in as a climber and bow and everything else. And uh, we we were stripped down to... Just a couple a couple layers to walk it in for sure. Had to cross a couple of drainages that were not fun. Um, and some definitely some steep ridges, but it was pretty cool getting in there. Ended up sitting that night, had a, a little three point come in chasing a doe. He worked a worked a scrape in front of me on his way out. He did the licking branch, everything. You know, acting like a like a big bad butt. on his way out he rubbed his horns a little bit and and went down the ridge fallen after the, the doe so that was pretty pretty entertaining to watch for sure uh, and came right down the trail and worked the scrapes that i was set up on um then had a doe fawn come in later on maybe like an hour before dark and she i mean she walked underneath me to where she i think she put her nose on my backpack at the base of the tree so that was <laughs> that was pretty entertaining um and we did have i think each of us had four doe tags in our pocket um, and if she had been a mature doe, I probably would have shot her, although trying to get her out of there would have been really interesting. <laughs> I'm sure Don would have been happy. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> I, think there's a, I think there's a few text messages that were, don't shoot does. <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> <There's> some warnings. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it was, a, it was definitely a fun, eventful night. Uh, you know, seeing a few deer, getting up close to some. Um, and one thing about, you know, Getting up in your tree stand, like Ryan was talking about, doing it, or Anton was talking about, like actually going up on top of a ridge or on the side of a ridge, going up in those stands, and like you might be up 20 feet, but it feels like a whole lot higher. <laughs> and wow, so okay. that spot, I was right on a ridge that dropped off real sharp, and it's like if you if you just jumped one way or the other, you probably change your how far you were gonna fall by 20 feet. So uh, <laughs> pretty. Pretty yeah, a lot different than doing it in your backyard for sure. Doing a climber and stuff, so but had a lot of fun. Hiked out, met Don, and got to hear his report.
0: I think that night it slowed down a little bit from the first night. I tried that same spot, that same corner where that that point come up. Um, but it, when I was setting up my stand, I did have two fawns walk pretty much underneath me as I was setting up, which kind of was a theme for me during the the week um but that, and then later their mom came through and that was tempting because she was in range and she was looking really good on camera but it was early and she was by herself so and with being that beginning of the rut there i was willing to wait instead of trying to fill
3: a dough tag and i as i was sitting there that evening i'm looking around um
0: where that doe was and I noticed these straps on this tree and I'm looking like, dang it, there's a tree stand about 50 yards away from me. But so after that hunt, I started to kinda get antsy again and, and try to pour over on X and the paper maps and try to pick out a new spot in that same area. But uh, two days, you know, three days sitting and deer on each sit, you can't, I can't complain about that for for, just walking in on public land and picking a tree especially brand new to us and felt like we were being a little bit successful
2: so yeah i go ahead so yeah that so that that afternoon then i think Cody and you and dan and i sat down and we decided there was just a little too much activity and it was a narrow strip of land where we were hunting the first time so i'm we're looking for some new ground and i think we sat down and decided where you guys were on um, sort of the south side of this road we would go to the north and there was like three you call them fingers but they're like draws to where the land starts off with a wheat field and a big huge hill and then it just falls off and then all of a sudden these huge drains sort of come up right out of the swamp and come up into this field and there was like three big humps and Dan took the far one and then I took the far right one and We left the middle one sort of go and then I sat up on those fingers or those uh, little swale there and um, I didn't see any deer that night but I saw scrapes and sign and then there was like a, a cross little creek a small creek uh, bed that was like out to the north of me so the wind was sort of coming southwest kind of blowing on an angle so i had on either side of me you know deer could actually follow that up and come out into the field so i was pretty optimistic about giving that place a little bit of a chance because uh, you know it just looked it looked right and it was about i don't know probably about a half mile you figured on not quite, maybe. Yeah, my we'll uh, was a half mile, so I'm sure yours was at least that. Yeah, you know, and like I said, for us older guys, it was just something that we could get get to without a ton of fatigue. And uh, so, I, you know, I was I was willing to give that. I didn't see any deer that night, but I, w- I knew the wind was going to change a little bit, and I was willing to give that a little bit of time.
1: Go ahead, Ray. Yeah, um... After we left that place to never return again because it was terrible, uh, we went back to the private land open to the public to give that another shot. And um, what Tony and I really noticed is that anytime we went and scouted the mornings, and then when we were actually hunting, all the deer activity was between 11 and 2 o'clock. So we knew we had to be sitting mid morning um, to early afternoon for sure. In order to give us a better opportunity. So we went back to our original spot, and this is when things started to get pretty interesting for me. Um, I was sitting at the very top of the bluff. So I went back to that open grass field um, that had the hay bales right in the middle on top. And I went to the far, I think it was like, I'm just gonna say the northwest corner. Tony kind of went straight north. And um, we hunted uh, pretty far apart, but we were hunting on the top of these bluffs, having the bucks come up from the bottom, cruise the top, and then head back down. So I found a decent spot one morning, um, got set up. I was pretty excited about it. And uh, these deer would just sneak up on me, man. They were just like ghosts. You know, you're sitting there looking. You don't hear nothing. You don't see anything until they're, like, right on top of you. At least That was my experience, and I was – focused on this one area for hours, right? Didn't see anything, stood up to stretch, and then I was just going to kind of look behind me off to my left shoulder because I felt like I'd see more deer from that direction versus anywhere else in this tree I was sitting. So as I'm watching over my left shoulder, I turn around, and there's a freaking eight-pointer standing right in front of me. He had to have been 15 yards away. And I, I'm like you got to be joking I turn around and he's standing right there right in where my shooting lane would would be in that tree and we he looks up at me I look down at him and he's like, holy shit and he he turns around and runs back on the same trail he came from and went back right down I'm like, God dang it you know like I didn't even have time to get the camera on him I barely had time to even look at him, but it was cool because again it was just all new and being able to know to pick out a spot go there find a tree i like and for specific reasons and have it kind of work granted the deer i saw might not have been one i would have shot but it was it was nice to see a a decent eight pointer um and have it work out so as i'm sitting as i'm sitting there um i'm still you know obviously kind of like okay this is great but i got to pay more attention or i got to focus on this area um, more so because that's where the deer might be coming from so then as I'm sitting there watching that area I'm looking back to my left shoulder to the original spot I was really focused on and thought deer would come out of that's when I saw a really nice buck tall Times all the way across uh, looked like the perfect symmetrical eight and just tall and sharp and he came right out of that area where I thought he would be so I grabbed my bow Um, didn't have time to get the camera on him because he was already starting to walk uh, out. There was like a finger that came up again and he started to go down the knob and down the knoll of that finger and back down towards the bottom. Um, but, and he was probably 40, 45 yards in some pretty thick brush, um, to begin with. And, uh, he just kind of walked out of my life, but, it was cool man it was it was a really nice buck i don't know what he was scored it doesn't matter um he was one i definitely would have shot um so that was really neat to see and the day like i said he came out of nowhere had no idea couldn't see him couldn't hear him until they're right there on top of me um but it was it was awesome it was really cool hunt um for the for that afternoon anyways
0: So we're getting it dialed in again. Um, We're all seeing deer, which we all think is is the biggest part for for just climbing into a tree, not hunting this kind of style. Any of us really before, where we're not pre-scouting a lot and hanging stands and and knowing areas, just picking out a tree in the woods and having a deer walk within bow range is a pretty cool feeling. Um, So we're seeing deer, and day four rolls around and the weather's been pretty good you know it's been kind of typical mid-november stuff where it's been i don't know what guys in the 40s 40s
3: pretty, pretty yeah. out
0: sunny and and midweek now we're getting in the midweek we're starting to think oh we better make her happen pretty soon here and the weather i mean the weather was just money for early october it was just perfect we hit a major cold front i mean real cold and the deer hunting seemed to only get better with that, especially that time of year. Um, there was snow coming in in the next couple of days, real cold temperatures, teens, I believe it was, you know, highs in the 20s, stuff like that, and high-pressure systems. Um, it was really setting up just to be all you could ask for for your first out-of-state, you know, whitetail trip. Um but the next the next day here day four tuesday um the pressure was still around but it didn't seem to be as much um and like ryan just alluded to that midday shift seemed to be the ticket i mean you get in there at 11 or noon and code your eyes, case um you get set up and you were on deer like right away you know and then as the evening wore on and it's getting them that you know that prime time that last hour of, of light and you're thinking, man here we go you know if we've seen deer through the midday it's only going to pick up and it, it didn't happen at least for me and I don't I don't know about Cody or not but that I don't know if there's that Michigan different styles in Michigan you know you're geared towards really geared towards that last hour. Um, you don't get a lot of midday movement in most cases. Um, different hunting tactics and, and a lot more pressure um, might have something to do with that in Michigan. But so day four rolls around, um, we're all dialed into our areas. Cody and I are hunting. I'm hunting that ridge fields. He's hunting the, the uh, orchard. Russ and Dad are hunting the other side of the those ridge fields. Um, and Russ or uh, Ryan and. And Tony are hunting um, at private walk-in access. So, um, Ryan,
1: is this is this the day? This is the day,
0: man.
1: Take her away. <laughs> I got the footage pulled up on my computer right now. I've been watching it. Uh, so this is the day. We're back at the uh, the very top of this private land. Um, I think the night before. Uh, Cody, this is when you and I uh, looked at that map together, and you said you would sit right along that T, um, where it gets pretty close to the the other private land. Um, but like, do you remember how that was? Like that private land with that huge cornfield came right up next to the 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 public access that I was at. Um, yep. that's yep, really and so and you
3: kind of had a tea where
1: everything came together. Exactly. So um, I went. Tony and I got up. Tony and I were the ones that would get up the earliest. We'd get up in the dark, get ready, drive out there in the dark, and basically get ready at our at his truck as the sun started to come up, so we could scale the mountain, get to our spot, sit in plenty of time. Um, and what I did this time, um, where where all these fields and trails and everything came together there was this monster huge uh public or not public but um a community scrape on the ground and this thing had to have been as wide as i'm looking at my f-150 it had to have been as big as the hood of my truck i kid you not this this scrape or, or the, this thing was that big so I walked by that, got on a trail. I found um, a nice scrape again, and I found a, a pretty fresh rub on a, a pretty decent-sized tree. Looked around, had plenty of options for trees, picked one, climbed the tree, and got ready. And I, I got done with lunch. I haven't seen a deer all morning Um, through lunchtime didn't see anything um, and just kind of get settled in for the afternoon i think it was about 1 1 30 i see this this deer come through that uh, community scrape that was on the ground he had to have because where the trail was that he was on and where that scrape was he had to have hit that scrape came down into the woods now and i could see this big bodied deer and it was pretty thick where he was, so I couldn't really make out. But I was like, that is a big deer. And I'm filming him, but I can't see it in the viewfinder of exactly what I'm dealing with. I got my bow in my left hand, the camera in my right hand, and I just could see this deer walking. And eventually he, he walks, and I think he stops, and I couldn't see him anymore because of the brush he was in. But I can still I'm, – I'm watching it on my computer right now. I could still see that deer um, I still had him on camera, but I didn't know it at the time when I was hunting. So I'm like, all right, you know, it looked like a nice deer. I'm pretty sure it was a buck because I could see some horns. Um, so I shut the camera off, hang my bow back up, and sit down. Then pretty soon I see I see the deer again coming. It would be my right to left on a trail, and I just say it in my head like, holy F. I say it in my head. <laughs> Turn the camera on, grab my bow, and this deer – comes into view and it is the biggest deer i've ever seen in my life um i'm looking at him again on my computer his brow tine's got to be like 12 inches tall um close to it and every tine on his head has to be 10 plus inches i would say and uh so he's coming down this trail and then he stops i'm like all right Because there was a trail that went from me to him, a deer trail, because that's where the rubs and the scrapes were where I was hunting. So I'm like, all right, I just got to get him to come over here. So I grab my grunt tube and I grunt, and he snaps his head and he looks over at me. I'm like, oh, my goodness. Like, this is going to happen. He's going to walk right at me. I'm going to shoot him right in his throat patch, and (laughs) I'm going to watch him run down to the bottom of this bluff, and then we're just going to go get him later. You know, that was kind of the scenario I was playing out in my head. And when he snapped his head over and looked at me, his horns and his, everything just got that much bigger. You know, he was well outside of his ears and everything, his tines and every point on his head just came straight up. So he snaps his head and looks at me. I put that away, get my bow ready, kind of get the camera ready, and then he just looks straight, you know, like he's going to go back down the hill. Um, you know, I'm just kind of watching him, and I grunt at him again, and he looks at me again, and he just sta- stands there, kind of looks around, sniffs the ground a little bit, picks his head back up, and then he just starts going down the hill on this trail that he's in. And I'm watching him walk away, and I'm filming him just, like, thinking this, I can't let this deer go without trying everything I possibly can. So what I do is I grunt at him again, and then I snort wheezed at least once. Um, I maybe snort wheezed at him twice but uh, he, he didn't care. He probably knew he was the biggest thing in the area or he had no interest in fighting. I'm not really sure. But he went, eventually worked himself all the way down to the bottom. And I could see him walk away. And then I hang, hang my bow up, turn the camera off, and just like, wow. You know, like this deer had to have been 150 to 160 inches. Sheer size, body was massive. And like I said, the absolute biggest deer I've ever seen. So as I'm sitting there, I hear two bucks fighting. You can hear the tines go, you know, down on the bottom. I'm like, is he fighting another deer? And then it had to have been three or four minutes later, I see an eight-pointer come back up, come out the same trail. He just went on, and he went up into the open field and walked away. And uh, to me, I was like, this is amazing. You know, like, I'm from Michigan don't normally see a deer like this ever, and to see a giant and then a somewhat of a giant eight-pointer come out and meet each other at the same time right in the afternoon, I was like, ugh, you know, I was hooked. I was absolutely hooked on out-of-state hunting and, and Wisconsin hunting right after that point, but that was it. It was short and sweet, but it was the sweetest moment in the deer woods um, of all of 2019 almost for me exactly what we went there for to just to see it something was. like having an encounter with a buck of that
0: caliber and that that deer is easy 160s man <laughs> yeah
1: yeah you you guys have all yeah. seen it you know we put it on the big screen when we got back and you guys are all just as jacked up as I was and he had to at least been 160 and when we uh post this podcast I'll be sure to put up a clip of this deer that we're talking about because I would drop everything and go right back to this spot and hunt that deer as hard as i could if uh, you know i had another opportunity to do so
0: yeah like you said we were doing some hooping and hollering when we saw that i mean for one of us to go there out of the six of us and see something like that was was you know worth the trip
1: hey everyone this is ryan thank you all for listening to part one of our wisconsin takeover kept the conversation rolling so flip over to part two and thanks for listening